KCL and welcome to Thank the Maker. This is KCL's only premier creativity show. Um, today we've got a great guest on. We've got Roman Lewis. He'll be talking to us about his music, an upcoming Valentine's Day show, a new song he just released, and uh, really everything else about creativity and art. Um, so join us over the next hour. We'll be talking through his projects, um, theories on creativity and and really anything else that that comes across our desk this morning so please stay tuned um we'll be right back with you in just a few minutes uh, as a further introduction i always forget to do this but i'm your host clay um we're at the top of bush house southeast right now broadcasting from the former headquarters of the bbc world service which is pretty neat um it's like my favorite fun fact for the space but uh yeah stay with us this morning we're we're up bright and early and uh yeah, we'll, we'll see you in just a second. I'm doing great. How are you, Clay? Yeah, I'm doing really well. Thank you so much for coming on the show this morning. I really, really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. That was some very funky intro. Music. Yeah, isn't it? Wow. <laughs> I was, I was, I was, I was vibing with that. Wow. <laughs> I really appreciate that. There's, there's a funny story. I've told this story too many times on this podcast, but the way I found this um, intro track was, uh, do you know the H3H3 podcast per chance? I don't. Um, okay. So they're like an online YouTuber. And they've got a really funky intro, too. And I've always loved it. And so what I did was I plugged it into Spotify and, like, went through all the recommendations until I found a really, really deep cut. And then that became this. <laughs> that's, that's, that's genius. Yeah, no, it, it worked well. I was like, how do I find something that's, like, not popular but will uh, work for me? The, the age of Spotify. Right, right, yeah. Anyways, so let's get into you. Uh, your name is Roman Lewis, just yes. to reiterate that. Um, you're a musician based broadly in london is that yeah. how you define yourself yeah, that, that's my home yeah cool so i guess my first question and then kind of researching you was how would you describe your music how would you describe your genre so on spotify again i i was looking you up and the playlist that i think you were sorted into was acoustic chill indie do you agree with that or would you apply a different label um, uh, I think that what my, my biggest song in the first song okay. I ever recorded That's, was yeah. quite chill. Okay. And the kind of way, I mean, the way I recorded that was I just went into the studio. I kind of sang it and played guitar once kind uh -huh. of very, to, uh, we, we weren't expecting to use it. And then we kind of built on this one thing. Awesome. We've changed the way we record and it's become a bit more intense and a bit less chill. I, I, I kind of sound like I'm going insane sometimes when I sing in the in the in the later ones so i don't know if i'd say chill but yeah acoustic indie yeah there was one know. song i listened to i'm trying to remember the name of it i forget where i put it um but it was almost like uh it was less acoustic please prompt me on the name ways i think that was it it was almost like rap it was edging on rap <laughs> 
Um, not quite, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, like for any listeners, <laughs> give it a listen. It's strange. It's very strange. Was that from more of your early work, or or is that recent? Um, that was from a, um, a mid-career crisis. Okay. No, <laughs> uh, I I originally wrote that not thinking it was going to be for me, just because I was listening to a lot of rap, and yeah. I was just really enjoying it, and I was like, well, I can't rap, but maybe I can write a rap song for right. someone else. And then... I ended up really enjoying it, and then I, I changed it it's, around. It's super cool. It. Yeah, and it, like, it fits. It fits your sound somehow. Thank you. Yeah, no. Thank you. It, it's like a sidetrack, but, like, in the way that it still keeps the profile of all your other songs. Awesome. Um, but, yeah, it, it's very cool. Um, I guess, uh, have you, where are you from originally? Are you from London? I'm, I'm from London. Uh-huh. Um, I have a lot of ties with France. Um, I went to a French school. I see. So I grew up around everyone else that was French. So I'm like a little bit French, but I'm not totally French. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I mean, I'm, 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 I'm London. I'm from <laughs> London. I've lived here pretty much all my life. Very cool. Where did you go? Did you go to uni? Um, where did you go? I'm, I, I actually just finished my A-levels cool. last year. Oh, so awesome. I'm, I'm on a gap year right now. You're very young then. Thank you. I am. I'm <laughs> How little, old are you? I'm a little baby. I'm 18. 18. Wow. Wow. But making big moves. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. So I've got the whole, like, I've got a place at uni for next year, but okay. we'll kind of see. Cool. We'll see what, what, what happens. That's awesome. Um, yeah, that's, that's really neat then. Cause you've had like some pretty fairly decent success so Thank far. You. Um, I was, I was going yeah. through like YouTube and SoundCloud and, and Spotify and like, what's really interesting to me is like each platform has different popular songs as well. Yeah, um, I, I I actually barely even I only really use Spotify. Okay, so I actually don't even know what's popular or another one. Yeah, yeah, you've got like I think like two hundred something thousand listeners a month, which is good. That's that's, that's really good. Yeah, yeah that's that's yeah. awesome. But like on YouTube, I think like Midnight in Paris is your most popular song, um, and then on Spotify, it's uh, I can't yeah. even recall. Um, well, I guess different people on each platform. Yeah, right? Well, I guess that's kind of nice that it's not, like, just one of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but the, it's, 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 you've had pretty good success. Do, do you chalk that up? And this is a whole other, like, venue of questions that I have for you, because I'm, I'm very curious. But, like, do you chalk that up to your own marketing strategies? Do you chalk it up to the music? I tr- I, it's luck. Yeah? It's, yeah? That sounds ridiculous, but it is. No. In, it, in, the, in, this, in this industry... You have to be so lucky. Right. It's like you can do everything right and it still kind of comes down to luck. The way it kind of originally happened for me is I, I wrote songs since I was like 13, but from like 14 to 15, I wrote like three. I wouldn't, I, I'd never write. I still don't write that often now, yeah. to be honest, but I wrote three songs that I recorded with a family friend who was like a little bit older than me. He was like 20. He's mm-hmm. actually making great moves now himself. He's called Dandelion. Dandelion. Worth checking out. Um, uh, but yeah, at the time he, he, he hadn't put out his own music and he, we, we were just hanging out in his, in his little home studio and his mom was like cooking us breakfast and stuff. And it was really nice. And I was staying over, but yeah, so we recorded these three songs and we put them on SoundCloud and they just kind of got some motion through that. And one of them was mindless town that I've now re-recorded and re-released. Ah. And the two others I haven't forgotten and I'm hoping to release soon. Um, but yeah, those three songs kind of got some traction and it kind of started from there. Right. So yeah, take me through that. So you release these three songs, they get some traction. Um, what what did you do next? 
Um, it was quite a funny thing. Well, um, and how, just let me pause because you've had music out for like some time, like a few years now. So how old were you then? Well, I mean, I, I, I put music on SoundCloud when I was 14. Wow. Um, but I, on Spotify, it was when I was 17. Damn. Just, just turned 17. Very, very incredible, like, age-wise. Like, that's the kind of stuff that makes... I'm 27. That makes me feel like, oh, man, what am I doing? But no, it, it really, really uh, speaks to your sound, because it's not like you have a whole team behind you, like some of these, you know, young yeah. pop stars that get this early start. It's purely based on uh, your yeah. songs. Thank you. Yeah, so that's that's very cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> No, it was kind of, it was always weird, because, I mean, I was always doing music. I um, I, I was kind of, I was doing little gigs around London, oh. like, at the Barfly, in, in what well, now it's called the Camden Assembly, but I'd play there quite a bit, in the Troubadour, and I'd be, like, 13, and coming up with my guitar, and figuring <laughs> out, like, how to tune my guitar midway through, and yeah. I'd kind of, you know, you learn from making stupid mistakes, and playing to empty rooms, totally. and kind of doing, like... Everybody's got to put that time in. I just put it in quite early, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and so kind of it came to a point that, like, by the time I was kind of doing my A-levels, I had to be like, oh, um, sorry, I've, I've, I've got to I've got to go tour America. <laughs> Did, have you toured America? Yeah, yeah, wow. twice, which is, it sounds insane. That's yeah, crazy. Yeah. How, t- yeah, t- t- talk me through that. Um, what What's... What's that like? Did you, are are you working with like an agent or yeah, um, yeah. a manager? So, um, so I mean, at the time, I was working with a manager. Okay. Um, and he kind of put me in touch uh, with this live agent from in the US, and mm-hmm. um, and yeah, so I I got um, they weren't headline shows, right. so it was kind of you know going there and trying to build a fan base. Then then you know it's, it wasn't like you know like the Beatles, you know, turning up in your airplane yeah. and everyone's waiting for you. <laughs> I've arrived. No, but yeah, you're putting no. in the legwork for, yeah, yeah. yeah future releases. But no, I mean, the, the really cool thing about it is like the first time I was supporting Matt Maltese. Oh, who, wow. Uh, who I really love and have seen before and it was great hanging out with him, you know, just throughout the tour. Then the second time, it was with Blossoms and this band called Inhaler who were also amazing and they were, and I was... That was crazy. I feel really so cool. uncool right now because I, I made the audible noise that like sounds like a recognition. I don't recognize any of those names. Oh, well, dude, uh, what what kind of what kind of genre is that? And would you blossoms? Yourself? Blossoms are kind of indie synth pop. They're really cool. I mean, they're really big in the UK. Um, so that's kind of what was more surreal about it. Yeah. Obviously, they're smaller in the US. That's why it's a bit more obtainable. But here, they're playing like stadiums. And I was sharing a dressing dressing room with Inhaler. And like the, the the lead singer from Inhaler is Bono's son. Wow. Okay. So like that. Like and starting to see the connections. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. So it's it's, it's um, yeah, very surreal. But um, they're they're all really lovely, and you know you don't feel like you know you're 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 a little kid right. among pop stars. Yeah. 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 Do you find that like um, as you've gotten older and like continue to work on your music, um, like I imagine a lot of it as a kid like or as a young person you're you're not drawing on too much like life experience this is always the argument it's like what can you yeah. say as like a 13 14 15 year old do you find that like the way you approach songwriting has changed as you've gotten older um actually 
actually no. No. It is. Well, I, I have always. Yeah. Let's let's pause. I guess. Yeah. How how do you approach songwriting? Yeah. Well, I mean, actually, from exactly that, from life experience. Yes. Yeah. I guess I. The reason I don't write every day, or like a lot of a lot of people now do this thing called like co-writing when they go into a room with other people, and some people do it every day. Mm. You know, it's a new person, and it's kind of it's it's I think it's and yeah, it's more of a collaborative process, and I've never really done that. I've always kind of written my songs myself, and instead of you know writing a song every two days or every week, even it might be every month or every month right. and a half, and sometimes I'll get two amazing songs in five days and then yeah. nothing for a month and a half. It always just, it always depends, and that's because it, it kind of is from life experience. Yeah, that's that's really interesting because one common theme that I bring up on the show a lot. Um, I really like to dissect like what creativity is and how it occurs, and one kind of common uh, dialogue or discourse over creativity is whether it is this individual process or whether it is like a collaborative social yeah. process. And there's there's theories for both, um, but a kind of a lot of um, what's put out there is that, like, interactions with other people and crossing these so-called uh, boundary zones are what, like, encourage creativity and inspiration. 100%. So you, you you said to me you like mostly to write by yourself. Yeah. You're drawing on your life experiences. Um, have you done any co-writing at all? Is it, like, something that you've completely written off? Or? No. I, I had written it off for a long time uh -huh. because it felt less... Like, um, it felt less like, you know, being taught by someone else's creativity than kind of your own creativity being crushed. Just uh, be yeah. Just, but I think that was just because of kind of who I had worked with and how I'd gone into it. Um, but now I'm much more open to it. And I think with the right people, it can be fun. But I, but I think, you know, the collaborative process can even just come from, you know, I, I always... I listen to a lot of music and when I, when I listen to so someone, true. Yeah. when I listen to someone, I try to kind of immerse myself in how they do it. You know, like someone like David Bowie, you know, I'll watch videos, I'll yeah. see how, you know, he, you know, created all these characters and, you know, immersed yeah. himself in them to kind of write from their perspective. And that's just hearing about that is a collaborative right. process. Yeah. And you're in you a dialogue at, with David Bowie. I know, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And you, and then you look at your own writing in a different way. Fascinating. Or even just listening to different music, you know, seeing, you know, like listening to shoegaze and saying, wow, you can use guitars in that way. And, you know, the vocals don't always have to be this melodic. Yeah. Or, you, you know, whenever you, yeah. So I think, I think just ha being open-minded that's a music. really interesting perception, really interesting. Because normally, in my head, it's, it's, it's very quite slated. Like, you're either working with other people, working with yourself. But, yeah, when you engage in the medium, you are technically working with other people. Yeah. Like, they're inspiring you. Um, and I, I totally agree. Part of my issue with, like, any sort of collaborative creativity is this kind of um, uh, creativity by committee, right? Where yeah. it's like you're voting on stuff. And, like, that's not how you get the best outcome, in a creative world, maybe in like a democracy, but not in. <laughs> As well, I think a big thing is it's how committed the other person is to the True. project. It's how like you know I you know if the other person comes in, it's like we're going to do something amazing, and I'm yeah. saying that genuinely, not just because I want you to release what we're making. Yeah. Um, but like I've started, for, I've played by myself live uh -huh. since I was 13. You know, just me and an acoustic guitar. And it gets lonely up there. Yeah. And so for the first time for this headline show coming up on, on Valentine's Day that that, that that you mentioned before at the courtyard, um, 
I'm going to be playing with a, with a band. Hell yeah, that's awesome. And, and I'm really excited for that. And that's felt like a real collaborative process. You know, I haven't been, it hasn't been a dictatorship, me being like, no, you played these bass parts. Right. Let's be like, yeah, do whatever you feel. And then, yeah. we can, we, you know, we talk about it and we discuss each thing. And and that's really amazing. And I've really been enjoying that. And I have another friend that I've been doing some demos with um, who also does great music called Vox Pop. Well, he's actually my extended cousin that I found through my uncle doing 23 and Me, And, like, I, I, got, I, I got to the house. It's the weirdest story. I got to the house. Oh, my I was God. In, I, I was so... I was just going to go to bed. And my, and my mom says, um, we have an extended cousin upstairs who's come to play sitar for us, which is, like, in, in the... Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, what? Turns out he's a really great guy. That's so cool. Who knew? So, for anyone yeah. listening... 23andMe, your next networking tool. Yeah. Um, wow. Very successful. That That's so cool. That is so cool. Um, so kind of following up on an earlier question I had about, like, marketing yourself versus mm-hmm. just letting the music stand, um, there's all, you, you've put out, like, quite a number of music videos with your music, and it's clear across the industry that music videos, like, help kind of get your image out there mm-hmm. how how important is image do you think in this field of work yeah right like why so here's here's the question that i'm gonna try and turn around and apply to me why shouldn't i like plaster my face on all the thing the maker um uh like stuff we're putting out there like should i or should i not because you use your image quite a lot and there's nothing wrong yeah. with that it's worked for you um yeah, but how important is image in like an audio format? Um, it's it all depends, really. I think yeah. I've I've not really originally. I was never thinking about these things. Right. I've always just thought about the music. Yeah, we're really and dissecting stuff. On no, 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 that's that's the way I I had originally done it. Right until kind of recently when I've started other people around me. Yeah, started asking me these questions and like like someone like my cousin Jamie. Vox Pop, you know, we were uh-huh. helping him release his own music and, you know, kind of asking my advice on these things. And I got time to actually think about it. And now that I've kind of for, for, like formed these opinions, I'm able to relate them back to myself. But really what it is, is just capturing the aesthetic right. of the music. You know, if this was a really kind of, you know, a Graham Norton type chat show and it was silly and yeah. we kind of, you know, maybe there would be your face, you know, doing a little, <laughs> you know, with your tongue out and, and a wink or something, you know. Or if it's a more serious something, yeah, you know, it, might, it might be you know just block writing and kind of very much about not about the person behind it, yeah, but about the about about I don't know, yeah, but, no, so, no, no, that's that's an interesting point, capturing the aesthetic. Yeah. yeah. So I guess with music videos, what I've kind of realized is because it's you know we're not we're no longer in the MTV era, having a music video for a song will mm-hmm. not mean it'll get more or less played. Mm-hmm. It's not gonna because you know. You, you don't pitch the music video to, to to anything really, which is a shame because it's kind of lost, you know, its budgets from right. before and, and and I guess a form of creativity. So I guess the most important thing with music videos, in my opinion, is picking a song that you feel sums up who you are and everything, and and picking an aesthetic for it. Right. And kind of I guess making it making one video that looks, I guess, like 
you're an artist slightly above where you are. Right, maybe, right. You know, if, no, that's an interesting tool. It's like a tool to kind of project yourself beyond exactly. your current state. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, if you, if you are amateur, maybe like a semi-professional music right. video. If you're semi-pro, maybe try and get one professional music video. And that's, that's and that super had, interesting with yeah. music as well, because like when you look at artists, the music they release early isn't necessarily worse than the music they released late, yeah. right? Like, sure, music gets refined and becomes more of... A, it goes in a certain direction. But music quality, it's kind of... It's all subjective and up to the beholder. Agreed. And so, yeah, when you're thinking about marketing yourself, it's... it's you have to project yourself kind of beyond where you are. Yeah, because that's the how work, they will perceive you. Exactly, you know? yeah. And the work you're putting out, it's totally valid and, yeah. and serviceable on any radio channel. It's just about getting noticed. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, th I think such a big thing is people categorize you so quickly. It's like it's like the first question you ask me. Uh -huh. It's what genre I right. am. You know, and it's and it's probably, you know, those people that only listen to rap probably, you know, tuned out at that mm -hmm. point. Or mm -hmm. something. You know, it's because people like to categorize you so quickly and people are very quick to say what genres they like and what genres they don't like yeah it's like i always i really love folk music you mm -hmm. know someone like nick drake johnny mitchell these are some of my favorite artists but you know i, I say folk people might think of banjos and you know muddle it up with country a bit annoying yeah. country and they block out and they right. won't listen to anything because they have this kind of preconceived perception of it mm -hmm. um uh but yeah kind of where, where i'm going at is whether this is a good thing or a bad thing, it is a thing. And kind of trying to figure out, I guess, who you are, or at least who you are in that minute, and trying to get that across as easily as you can in all visual media. Right. That's kind of the most important thing. Nice. I guess also content, content has changed. It's no longer that important to have constant music videos, mm -hmm. but it is important to post, you know, a lot on social media and things like right. that. Right. Because that's kind, kind of, of what you're growing yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Very cool. Um, well, we're going to take a quick break. Um, as with every guest, I like to ask for a music recommendation. Now, normally I ask for uh, something that is not the, the, the musicians that we bring on. Um, and we're still going to do that. We're still going to keep that uh, tradition. Um, so I'd like to ask you, what, uh, yeah, what song should we play for our break? We'll play one of yours at the end, I think. Cool. <laughs> Um, right. For the for the for the break, yeah. um, there's there's this song I've been listening to a lot recently, okay. but I've always kind of wanted to play it on the radio, okay. uh, because that's what it's about, and it's Rock and Roll by the Velvet Underground. Rock and Roll. It's, it's by about the it's about hearing rock and roll on the on the radio, and it's saving your life, and I kind I kind of love that. Awesome. Well, let's give it a listen. We'll be right back after this track.
Welcome back to Thank the Maker. That was uh, Rock and Roll by the Velvet Underground, recommended by Roman Lewis, who's in studio. Hello. <laughs> so we were just talking during the break um, about a lot of stuff. We covered like a lot of ground in those five minutes. Um, but you were just mentioning this, I don't know if you described it as a party game or... Uh, like little party game. Yeah, but it's like a collaborative process. Tell me what you're talking about. Really okay. Quickly. Yeah. So it was actually I got to give credit to the previously mentioned Vox Pop, my my cousin Jamie from Twenty Three and Me. Lots <laughs> of shout outs for him. Too. Um, but uh, yeah. So he well I, I was just in my room and I was showing my friends a song called Marky Moon by Television. Great song. Great song. Great song. Great great yeah. great guitar solo. Yeah. I'm but a big fan of the Velvet Underground as well. Haven't, awesome. Haven't said that yet, but yes. It was very happy and, choice. And and so and so we were doing that and he was like, you know, this I've got a song that this that I if you like this, you'll really love this next song. And he played Alone Again or um and and that was a great song. And we kind mm-hmm. of ended up each showing each other songs that carried on from the next song and it was just four of us you know, in a circle talking and, you know, social game, you know, but we were all in a circle. And what we did is we picked the song and like, for example, I would go first, the next person while they were listening to my song would listen and try and think of, they could have a song that would push it forward. Mm. And, and then the next, you know, the next person again, listens to this next, to this next song and try to pick up a song that would push it forward in a certain direction. And we kept on each song would carry on where the last one left off, but it would, it would you know push forward, and we'd it would be a chance to show each other what music we like, and kind of you know the, for the last person it would be you know they would have to have a song that would end it properly, yeah, and the first person started properly, That's but it all it has to be continuous. Right. You know, we we would always try to do like transitions, so like if we know how a song is going to end, or like if a song's really upbeat, yeah, um, like the last one, it was my friend picked a really upbeat song. And then I picked the song Suffering by The War on Drugs because it has this kind of... Yeah. It starts with this drum beat, uh, which kind of carried it on, but then it got kind of quiet and mellow to end it off. And it ended with this amazing guitar solo. Yeah. And that kind of brought the whole thing to a that's, close. That's so fun. So it's like collaborative playlist making. Yeah. Like It, it reminds me... Um, like of like mixtape making back in the day, or like I guess playlist making nowadays. Yeah. We actually um, did make a playlist. Yeah, as well. really? so we all went home with get all these songs. Get a nice little product had. at the yeah, end. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> how awesome. Um, yeah, that's that's great. That, and it reminds me a lot of um, I mentioned earlier, but like improv is all about like the spontaneous creation, and we do similar things where we like do word association games where we'll say a word then the next person says the thing that that immediately makes yeah. them think of 
and before you know it, like you've built out this crazy scene with like these weird things going on just with like words. Um, it's cool. Like collaborative stuff like that. And like those processes are so interesting to me. Um, really are. Um, I have a question for you. Um, and I ask pretty much every guest this question. Um, do you consider yourself a creative person? I'll let that one hang. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, no, I, I, I definitely do. I, a lot of people think it's, you know, you're either a creative person mm -hmm. or like, a, like, um, you know, an academic person, not right. academic, but kind of, you know, like, right. Type A, type B. Yeah. 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 Of... But I mean, it's just both sides of the brain really. Yeah. So it's like, you can, you can, you can use both. So, I mean, I'm, I like, um, yeah, no, I think I'm a creative person. Yeah. I, I don't think that excludes the other side. Though. No, not at all. And I, I think it's totally fair to call yourself creative. I, I am always, and I always give this introduction and this explanation on the show. So bear with me listeners. Um, I just fascinated by like whether people that I genuinely view as creative view themselves as creative. Um, it like, cause some people don't, some people yeah. are like, Oh no, I'm not creative at all. It's like, what you create things yeah, like, yeah, yeah. aren't you? But people I, have like different definitions. You know? Everyone's creative. I think it's just the spectrum. You uh, know? Yeah. Like I am by no means the most creative person, you know, in, in, you know, in this floor probably or this building mm -hmm. or whatever you know it's like it's all a, it's all a spectrum but everyone's creative right you know? it's like you know as that 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 game you were playing with the word association yeah that's that's that's, that's creative. exactly you yeah know? yeah I, I like to see it as like everyone has the potential to be creative yeah. and i'm very much like of that mind frame with like everything like i hate i don't know if it's the fact that i hate the idea or if i disagree with it but this idea that like everyone has limits to themselves. Like, I feel like if you work hard, you can transcend limits. I agree. And you can really do I anything agree. you yeah, want. Yeah. Um, like, I'm horrible at math. But at the end of the day, I still think if I were to sit down, put in yeah. the effort, I could become a math genius. I just don't want to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, but, and I don't know yeah. if that's, like, an optimist thing. I don't know if, like, I'm limited by, like, brain power. But, like, I don't know. Do you agree at all with that? I, I, can't, I, I see the angle... I, I guess it depends. I think I guess because there might be people that are more naturally talented right. that are also putting in the same amount of work, they're probably like, like, likely yeah. to get there faster. But that doesn't mean, you know, in something like maybe like maths A-level, which is like, you know, like I'm sure if you sat down and worked your ass yeah. off, you'll get there yeah. and you would and you would get a great grade. Right. Because again, that's not an unobtainable thing. Yeah. You know, it's, um, yeah. Yeah, so it's like, I don't know if I just hate the idea of talent being a thing. Maybe I do. Yeah. You're very talented. Maybe this is like a... <laughs> <laughs> No, but I guess like everyone does have, you know, it's like I'm I'm not that great with whenever I'm walking somewhere, I'll just so not and I'll let the other person do the directing. Ah, uh, yeah. Just like where we're going. And I, I know like they're probably better than that. I'll claim that. I'm I am a good uh, excellent navigator. Yeah. So, you know, if if I really tried, I'm sure I could get there. But right. you know, I'm sure the other person could also have a great conversation with me, half pay attention and still know right. where we're going. Th this actually this reminds me of a fascinating thing. Um there's this idea, so there's, there's this idea of, like, collaborative creativity, but there's also this idea of, like, shared knowledge. I'm trying to think of the exact word that's used, um, but it's the idea that your brain is not limited, like, the knowledge that you have is not limited to your brain. For example, if you have a really old couple that's lived together, let's say the wife doesn't know how to operate the TV. The man has always known how to operate the TV, and so... In essence, she's storing that. that knowledge in 
her husband's brain yeah. and utilizes that. It's like an external hard drive, <laughs> no, right? I love that. I love and, that. And so it's so great. Yeah. And the sad thing is like when, you know, some, a, yeah, a couple, yeah, yeah. one of them passes away, yeah. she loses that knowledge because she stored it elsewhere and suddenly can't do that. But yeah, it, it applies to like walking around on the street. You rely on your friend who knows how to do this because, you know, you've stored that knowledge yeah. over there in a way. Um, and it, yeah, it applies everywhere across creativity with like drumming. You have your drummer. He only knows how to drum. Yeah. Um, et cetera. It, I don't know. Really interesting concept. No, I love that. About. That's really, I've never heard about that yeah. before, but that's so true. Yeah. So true. Yeah. Just this idea that like knowledge is not confined to just what's inside yeah. your head. Yeah. yeah it, it's fascinating. That's what, that's what communities for. You know? Yeah. That's what, that's, very, very that's true. Society. Yeah. 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 And so I guess this brings me back, like us back full circle. Right there is this idea of the individual creator locking themselves in like a black room and then coming out with their magnum opus, but to me that just doesn't happen. That's not a thing that does happen or could happen. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Do you have any thoughts? Yeah, I um, um, uh, as I said, I I draw my creativity from my personal experience. Right, and if I was to go into this back room <laughs> so and make my magnum opus <laughs> it wouldn't be about yeah being in that black room of course it would be about reflecting on everything else yeah i guess just being in that black room you have nothing to distract you from True. thinking about everything else that's a great uh, uh counter to my argument here like there's there's uh there's i think i'm getting the word wrong but vipassani or something something like that yeah it's like this indian word i think and it's oh, it was it was this kind of meditation, like created by like like really ancient meditation, and it's this free. I'm thinking of going soon just because it sounds really cool. Mm-hmm. But you kind of go into this place for like ten days, and you eat very little, you drink very little, but you just kind of go there, and you just have to sit down and cross legged and not say anything. Right, just okay. kind of. It was kind of great because you know it's like. Everybody, you know, like, oh, I came back a changed man. And, uh, <laughs> you know, changed my life, and I and I looked at this differently, and I, you know, just because it kind of gives you time to think. That's that's really fascinating. It's a really good um, counter to to like what I'm claiming because it, you have, you know, your experiences; those things happen, and then you have your uh, reflection. And in a lot of ways, like these black boxes, so to speak, these retreats, these meditations, those are your reflections. And you, you do need that to, like, yeah. realize your own thoughts and, and recollections on, on things. So, yeah. no, that's a that's a really excellent um, retort to, to my you. claim here. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep that in mind for future shows. Um, I have a question. Uh, are you a procrastinator? Would you consider yourself a procrastinator? Um, uh... I used to be. You used to be? Okay, so you, this is something you've improved? Perhaps. Yeah, I think. I think. Um, my, uh, they kind of, you know, they, they, they say, like, if you want to get something done, ask a busy person. Yeah. And it's kind of, I went through a period, like, last year, where I was just insanely busy. Right. Just kind of between, because the music stuff was going very well. And then there was a lot of school stuff as well kind of going on. So it was... Um, yeah, so I, because I got so busy, I guess I learned how to deal with it quite well. And I started yeah, writing yeah. down things on my phone and, like, lists of things to do. And I'll, like, check itself. And I'll be like, ah, oh. like, now I'll be like, oh, is this a time where I could do one of these things? Mm. And I'll do it. Um, my brother's a big procrastinator. Yeah. And I think that's the reason why I've probably stopped being such a procrastinator. 
because I would get mad at him for being a procrastinator, and then I'd, I'd, I don't want to be a hypocrite. Yeah, so I guess the reason I ask is I, I'm a huge procrastinator, but and I don't know if this is like a defensive thing for me, but um, I've always seen it as like something that infuses my work with like something more. So bear with me. I think my um, brother's told me this theory. Yeah, yeah. Say, but the idea I'll, is that I, yeah, yeah. procrastinators are... In essence, creative better planners, people. Yeah. creative people, um, but they, they, they plan in their head. Whereas busy people, um, they have a ta- they have a thing to do. They have a to do to check off, and because they're just checking that off, it's less infused with like thought and meditation and coming yeah. to conclusions. Um, no, I don't think that's false. Yeah, I think you, I think, I think well, it depends on my list of things to do. It'll never be something creative write a song yeah it'll never be write a song right never be write a song if, if i did do it if i did have that it would be an awful song so I know, you make because I, I did that yeah. one day I, i've only <laughs> really? i think i think i was i was 14 and i i just had an afternoon off i was like i'm gonna go home and write a song and yeah. like i wrote it down on a list of things to do and i went and i, I didn't write a song. Yeah, yeah yeah but um yeah no i think for creative things that's that's def- that's definitely a thing that's just really in, in the sense of yeah. I guess coming back, like I, I, I think it's less something that you can kind of tell yourself to do, and it's more something uh-huh. that just comes out. Like when I'm writing a song, I'll kind of pick up my guitar, and I won't be, you know, sitting picking down my guitar to write a song necessarily. Mm-hmm. I'll be picking down my guitar to play whatever, Improvise, and then maybe I hear something, and, yeah. then, and then you know, like you kind of go down a certain route, and then all of a sudden maybe you want to write a mm-hmm. song about a certain thing, or I guess if I've seen it, you know, like. I, I, I watched an, an, an amazing movie or something mm-hmm. like that, and it makes me think, and then I pick up the guitar or something. But no, it only ever be um, something very factual, like email this person, right? Or, right. You know, uh, no, that's, that's feed the dog. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that's an um, interesting distinction, though, between like the hustle mm-hmm. and like the actual process. Yeah, yeah. Um, do you find that you need to like? Is this? Let's, let's turn to your career for a second. Oh, you want to, do you want to go to uni? Um, do you want to, or do you want to focus on your music making? Like, what's what's the next few years look like for you? You, um, you couldn't have asked me a harder question. Yeah, it's, uh, I hate these questions, no, but it's, I'm curious. Yeah, so I, I always hated school. I never enjoyed school because I always wanted to do my music. And I was like, why am I here? And then I was never bad at school. Mm. I just I, I was just like, why am I here? And then in the last few years of school, as I was doing more and more music, you know, you always want what you kind of don't have. Yeah. I was kind of doing a lot of music, so I was kind of enjoying <laughs> being at school. Yeah. And then I got really interested in my subjects. Like I got, re- I started, re- I, w- I, I was really enjoying my maths and I was doing physics and I got really interested in that. And I actually just started really enjoying it. And then I wasn't going to apply for university. But then I was like, you know, everyone, everyone needs a backup plan. I really mm. just should. And, you know, it's not gonna, it, it wouldn't take a lot of time. I did, like, my personal statement the night before. <laughs> and and I, I, got, I got an interview at Imperial College for physics. Wow. And then I went to the interview. And, again, I still wasn't taking this seriously at all. I was just having a laugh because I was so different to everyone. Yeah. There. And I kind of got a bit of a kick out of that. Yeah. And... And then, like, they were interviewing me last, so I, like, I I said, like, I, I had a gig later that night, so yeah. I was like, I'm sorry, I have to go early. Like, I, cut, <laughs> I had to cut my interview short, 
And I just spoke about music the whole time. Yeah. I actually did speak. Actually, well, this was kind of interesting, although I completely disagree with it now. Uh-huh. At the time, I had a thing that um, all kind of to do with like Indian music that, you know, that kind of feeling you get like when like that little shiver, like goosebumps. Or yeah, sure. You get when you listen to music. My friend came up with a name for that called a crinkle. <laughs> and I, I came up with this little stupid thing called the crinkle theory that was um, um, when a certain chord progression or something happens, it's because the frequencies from the music um, um, is, matches up to the natural frequencies to uh, some of your chakras. Ah. And then th- that, that kind of pattern makes you crinkle. I completely disagree with that now. <laughs> but at the time, that's what I was talking about. Yeah. And, 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 and somehow I, I, I got in. Yeah. So now I've, I've kind of, I deferred the place the next year. And I, I do kind of really want to go, but I I couldn't see myself doing anything else for music. Yeah. So we'll kind of have to see whether this time next year I'm in a state where I can juggle both or just focus on the music. Right. So are you just focusing on the music now? Yeah. Okay. I'm I'm I'm, I'm doing maths tutoring on the side. Ah. Actually, <laughs> I've got I've got a student later today. It's quite funny because they have no idea about yeah. any of the music stuff, which I really enjoy. They just think I'm a full time math tutor, <laughs> so, so I like have to cancel because like like I'm going to to I'm going to LA for a month, and uh, after the headline show, like February 16th. Right. I don't know how none of them have asked questions. I was just like I'm going out for a month, and they were like, oh, okay. <laughs> that's that's super interesting though. Um, like you're you're taking a gap year. Like it kind of goes back to this whole like meditative bit, like. I think I think we've come to a yeah. pretty interesting conclusion here that like reflection is quite necessary for these processes, whether they're I like agree more. creative yeah. or decision making. It's all um, about going out and living, and then having the time to reflect on that. Yeah, to kind yeah. Of push back into very necessary though your, the, those yeah. moments. Yeah, um, I've got a couple more questions for for you before we conclude. Um, you, you've brought up like uh, Indian music with the sitar and and kind of like a lot of I'm I'm speaking in ignorance so excuse me um, like Hindu I guess infused ideas um, over our conversations here um, where does all that come from for you is that like a major source of inspiration um, I always really enjoyed uh, those just the kind of music a lot uh-huh. just like melodically I always kind of. I, I just thought they, they were really beautiful melodies, but right. I wouldn't be thinking about it from that kind I'd be thinking about it from a Western point of view and be like, ooh, those are pretty melodies, not like, yeah. oh, this is an immersive religious experience. Right. Um, and yeah, going back to my friend Jamie, well, my cousin Jamie Voxpop, he was always really into that, and he kind of introduced me to a lot of a lot of that kind of stuff. And I guess that brings us back to the collaborative process. Yeah, yeah. Because, you know, it's it's all just, yeah, you know. Feeding into one another, you yeah. meet You meet other other musicians and you hear their side of things and that that's kind of how you, how you learn it doesn't always have to be let's sit down and write a song together yeah yeah interesting so i i have uh, i was just talking with this uh in, in a class the other day but um wh- where is the line and this is kind of going left field between drawing inspiration from something that's different from you so say mm-hmm. looking at like indian infused music yeah. and cultural appropriation obviously it does i haven't ever heard it in your music and mm-hmm. so i think it's fascinating that it, it is a source of inspiration for you yeah um as with anything um but yeah where is the line between like 
totally taking something or just taking inspiration because like yeah. for you i don't think it emerges at yeah. all because you're just no this is this this is quite a funny thing where i kind of uh, this was this was the main question when when robin thickle and farrah williams got yeah. sued by marvin gay about been, the whole it's been a question for everyone there's and a, now now it's been like there's been so many you know people getting sued yeah about, about all this about all that sam smith although he kind of really like if you listen to the chorus of stay with me and listen to the other person it's like and they knew this but yeah um it's interesting. It's kind of Vampire Weekend are a band that really tread on the line in the best way possible. Uh-huh. I've always really loved, and they do it to themselves as well. You know, it's well, um, uh, the main guy from Vampire Weekends uh, wrote with Diplo the um, hold up for 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 Beyonce. You know, mm-hmm. hold up, they don't know you. Yeah, 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 and. Um, and that's kind of lyrically taking exactly what the AAS did on maps, you know, like, wait, we don't yeah. have you, like, I yeah. love you. And, you know, it's kind of, it's, and, and they do it to themselves as well, you know, they had that song, um, um, Fingerback, yeah, yeah, and it's, they have that line, you know, I don't want to live like this, but I don't want to die. And yeah. they're just like, they're like, you know what, I want to use it again, and they used it for Harmony Hall, and that became the, <laughs> the, the biggest single of their newest album, or one of the, and and so yeah i've kind of originally i was very i was always against that because you know i guess the more music you know like when you only know a bit of music you kind of tend to go away from that music Mm. because there's so many other opportunities you know it's like it's you know if i'm about to write a a song and i've already heard you know i'm about to call it a certain thing and i'm like wait no that was the title of that i'll think of a different title Mm -hmm. like that's what i used to do and now i've kind of realized how that sparks some great creativity i have a song coming out that I was going to call Happiness. But at the time, I was like, oh, but there's that Rex Orange County song. Yeah. And then, obviously, that's kind of a ridiculous thing. But then I came up with a different name called Happyless, which I love way more uh-huh. and suits it way better. Um, but, yeah, I guess it's, 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 it's fine to take inspiration. Yeah. I, think, I think as long as you're not... I think melodies are a big thing. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, if, if, if you're taking someone's melody and it's like blatantly that melody... But yeah. here's here's my question, and I'm not that musically inclined. There's only what so many notes in yes. a scale. There are so many combinations. It's true, but like even when you look at like something like the English language and how you can reconfigure hundreds of thousands of millions of words, mm-hmm. you still get repeats. You get repeats yeah, in yeah. music very easily. Yeah. Um. I, yeah. Like. To me, I've always taken issue with some of these suits, like um, the Marvin Gaye, Robin Thicke one. I, like, me personally, I think it's unfounded. I think it's... it's it's and uh, People listening, go look up uh, Blurred Lines by uh, Robin mm-hmm. Thicke and Pharrell Williams and Marvin Gaye's song. I can't remember the title. Me neither. If you look, if you look up like those names, you'll find it. Um, but there was a suit over it, and, I, and they lost. Yeah. Um, uh, Robin Thicke did. They had to pay quite a, money, a bit of money to Robin, a lot of money uh, to Marvin Gaye's estate. My counter argument to that, though, is because I yeah. actually, I actually, I don't know. I can't, well, at least I can't remember the Marvin Gaye song, so I, so I can't remember whether I agree with you or not. But listening to the Sam Smith song "Stay with Me," yeah. that I'm sure everyone knows. They listen. It's like a Jamaican song, or not even like it's like a reggae. Yeah, you know. And if you if you look up that lawsuit and hear the other song, you can blatantly hear it's it's copying. Right, right. Also, there's another um, there's another one which was also quite a lot, but a, a, a bit less. Which was um, Ed Sheeran photograph. Every twelve year old girl's favorite song um, got sued 
by uh, Matt Cardle, <laughs> who won the X Factor. It's probably the most money he, he's made since yeah. the X Factor. <laughs> um, and um, yeah, for one of his songs, you know. But it's it's, it's that is kind of blatantly the same. Yeah, it's it's happening all across the industry, and and there's some cases that really ride the line that you're like, I don't know if this is. Um, th- there's a Katy Perry one with, uh, I think, Dark Horse, yeah. where uh, then a Christian rap group came out and said she copied our melody. Katy Perry's defense was she had never heard this song in her yeah. life before. I know. Um, yeah, I I, that's, I was about to say the exact same thing. It's kind of not in that exact same way, but I'll like write a song that I'm really proud of, and then and then like I've got I've got friends that know a lot about that know lots and lots and lots of music, mm-hmm. like 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 all, all the guys you know, and I'll kind of play it to them, and they'll and they'll like it'll remind them of a song from yeah. ages ago that I will never heard of but I really do see the resemblance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, you it's do like, kind of feel helpless in that way. Yeah. Like even uh, I was trying I'm trying to find music for this film that I'm working on and the other day I was walking down the street and I came up with a little like do 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 tone um, and so I took my phone recorded it and then I put it down and I was like I bet I just heard that somewhere and like I'm just yeah. like it's probably I'm probably stealing that without even recognizing it. But you know, if it's a short enough snippet, if you take it away somewhere, if you take it to somewhere else, and yeah. then think really hard about where it's from, like after you're done, I'm sure it will be different enough. You know, it's True. kind of like True. I I get a lot of ideas from melodies or even lyrics just by kind of listening to a song and me thinking this is where it should go. Like they'll play a chord and they'll be like, oh, I wanted to go to this other chord. But then they'd go to a different chord, so I'll sit down, play that chord, and play the other chord that I wanted to, right. to go to. Or like mishear a lyric and think they're talking about something when really they're talking about something else. Then I'm like, wait, there should be a song talking about this other thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's <laughs> happened to me a few times as well. My girlfriend hates me because I always get lyrics wrong when I'm singing songs. <laughs> it's led to some interesting, like, what if he did beat it that way? Yeah. It, it does change the, the song. Um, yeah, <laughs> super, super interesting. Um, anyways, we're, we're just about out of time. Um, I love to ask my guests this question, uh, but uh, so I have two more questions for you. Number one, um, if you were to go down a professional path um, besides music, uh, what would it be? Would it be still a creative career or would, yeah, what, what's like your backup plan? Or not necessarily even your backup plan, but something yeah. you'd rather, you not rather do, but maybe do instead. I mean, I don't know. I, I, I think I would always... I, I really, I, I mean, before I was putting it out, I was making music and yeah. just doing it for myself, you know, and you can, anyone in this day and age can have music and share it without it being for the masses and it yeah. being a career. So I think I would always do that just because I would enjoy it. Um, but probably if it wasn't music, I don't think I could go into a different creative. Well, I don't know. I think, I think, uh, I know I'd definitely go to university, do yeah. this thing, and then I'd kind of see from there. I mean, physics is actually something quite creative. If, yeah. If you look at it in that way, so. a lot a lot of things can yeah. have creativity infused. Yeah. I, I, there's this weird. This is a whole other conversation. We'll try to cut this short. But there's this weird association with creativity with just the creative industries, like, like the music arts. making yeah. and the arts and everything yeah. like that. It's everywhere. Like yeah. academic thinking, you've got to think of responses yeah. and, and yeah, new ideas. In a, in a debate, and, you know, it's it's, yeah. it's you know, if you want the right argument, it's creative thinking. Yeah. Um, anyways, my last question for you is I ask every guest for a recommendation of some form of art, mm. media, film, what have you. Um, recommend something to our listeners uh, before we, we head off here. I've got, I've got two. I've got one, which is a more kind of 
people might know, but is really dear to me. Uh-huh. It's, it's the film or the musical um, Billy Elliot. Which Great. Used to, I used to be my dream to be Billy Elliot. I wanted it. I really <laughs> wanted to be Billy Elliot. But I, I could see it. I, I, was, I was always too tall, so I got, I got yeah, which uh. was heartbreaking, but I love it. I, great music in the film from T-Rex, you know, from Electric Warrior. Uh. It just makes me, I love it, and I love the story, and it's so heartwarming. And like, oh. <laughs> it's great. And a little bit more intense, less child-friendly, and more kind of crazy is um, Synecdoche, New York. Okay, I've not heard of this. It's worth a watch. It's yeah. done by the same guy who did Eternal Sunshine and the Spotless okay. Mind. So yeah. It's got that same surreal thing, but instead of love, it's like depression, but also the arts and creativity. It's okay. really amazing. Synecdoche and Synecdoche. Synecdoche. Synecdoche, New York. Yeah. New York. Okay. Fabulous. Um, before we go, uh, you've got a show coming up. Um, Give us a little bit about that for any listeners. Yeah. Um, it's Valentine's Day. Why Why should I take my date to uh, to go see you on Valentine's Day? Sell it to us. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, you know, everyone does the lame, you know, restaurants and whatever. And, you know, everyone... No, I mean, I... It's always hard to come up with things to do, so I thought it'd be it would be quite an easy sell, actually. Yeah. But, <laughs> but you know, it's, it's, it's going to be... Something I always thought is I think it's always, you know, it's one of a, you know, it's a beautiful holiday celebrating love and everyone's doing it by themselves. I think it's a wonderful thing to kind of obviously, if, you, if you're with someone special, be with that someone special, but around other people as well. Yeah. Celebrating that love and I'll be singing love songs and we'll be dancing uh, and we'll, be, we'll be singing. And, and where is it happening? When's it happening? It's happening, yes, yeah, so the 14th of February at the, on Valentine's Day at the Courtyard Theatre uh, near Shoreditch. Amazing. Yeah. All right. Well... Thank you so much, Roman Lewis, again for, for coming on me. the show. Um, we're going to play your new release. It came out like just a day ago or two, right? Yeah, yeah, it came out um, really recently. It's called Sucker. Uh, give us a quick introduction before we play it. Um, it's about feeling awful about yourself. Um, it's about feeling like a sucker, and it's a fun one. I don't know. I wrote a bunch of random lyrics, and it just really made me laugh. And it's got a bunch of... It used to have a lot of potty humor in it. I took out the potty humor. It's got a bunch of, like, sexual innuendos. I, it's quite different to what I do, but I find it really amusing. Cool. So here it well, is. let's give it a listen. Thank you so much for coming on the show. We really appreciate it. Thank you for it. having me, Clay. Yeah. Uh, enjoy Sucker by Roman Lewis. Memories in a box leaning off the tower I watched them hit the bottom I feel the power A gust of dust it slaps me hard If I must I'll wait here for an hour Contemplating if you only were a flower And if so I'm just a little messed up in the brain Come say goodbye out of me If you ain't got an appetite for screw up See if it means casually up We're the freaking blizzard If you are what you eat This love is bittersweet Am I a sucker? Hypocrite 
washing my seed that's not you or me Maybe I'll look back on this one day and laugh at all I couldn't see